Hi, I'm Olga Zarzeczna and this is SEO in 2023. Oga, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? So my number one tip for SEO in 2023 is to always go an extra mile with anything in, in you do in SEO. And I will be exploring that in more detail in four areas, such as keyword research and content creation, SEO audits and technical SEO. Superb stuff. Okay, well, shall we dive into um, keyword research? How do you go the extra mile in keyword research? So in keyword research, when you are looking for potential keywords, topics, maybe we should we should treat them as topics, not as keywords anymore any longer. So when you're looking for new keywords, you should you shouldn't just rely on one tool, you should rely on five or even more tools. You you can use uh, like standard keyword keyword tools such as Keyword Explorer in Ahrefs, SEMrush, those those types of tools. But you can also use other tools such as also Asked, Answer the Public, which are showing you like more uh, question type question types of uh, keywords. You can also explore Google uh, Autocomplete. Do like whenever you're looking for a topic, try to explore that topic using all those five, seven tools, not just one. Obviously, the more traditional keyword tools tend to give you search volume for those particular phrases in different countries. Uh, but newer keyword tools like you you mentioned, like also asked, um, don't give any search volume largely because you're talking about fairly long tail keyword phrases and questions that um, either don't have search volume or the keywords tools, uh, i.e. Google, the probably provider of information to keyword tools don't actually disclose the search volume for those phrases. Um, so how do you go about utilizing those keyword phrases? Um, do, you, do you use a combination of them? Do you use, for instance, some keyword phrases with high search volume from traditional keyword tools, plus also ask tools on the same piece? So usually that's how I do it. Uh, in the case of in-depth longer guides I create, I usually rely on those uh, on those uh, keywords that have high volume volume search. And when I create supporting articles for those in-depth longer guides, then I rely on longer tail keywords that usually don't have any uh, volume shown in those tools. But still, from my experience, even those long tail zero volume. Uh, keywords usually can bring significant amount of traffic. So I, I'm not like wed to keyword, uh, to, to the volume that those keywords ha have, but rather I want to find the keywords that I know I can explore, that I know that I can talk about those topics. And if I create a lot of those uh, articles about those specific long tail topics, I I have a silo already on my site and usually this silo works relatively okay and nicely supports those really like hard, uh, more competitive, more difficult keywords that do have a do, do have a lot of uh, volume, uh, volume uh, monthly searches. So, so what's your explanation of why keywords with allegedly no search volume bring in a decent amount of traffic? I mean, are um, platforms like Google and other data uh, keyword data providers um, just not giving us the information, or is there another explanation for this? I would say um, the 
databases of those keywords maybe uh, those tools may not have data about the, those uh, those keywords yet uh, usually google I, I i i don't remember the exact percentage but google has like i don't know 50 20 percent of new keywords entered into into its search engine like every day so we may not have data about some of the, some of those keywords yet Sometimes when, when a new product uh, comes uh, comes out, we can immediately like know what keywords may be used to search for it. We can like we can uh, decide about those keywords in advance. So I would say we we don't need that data to be honest because there are so many so many different like variations that I I don't really like. Put, uh, I don't really spend a lot of time uh, on analyzing keyword volume. Instead, I focus on uh, what's ranking in top 10 and whether I potentially stand a chance of, of being there. And uh, that's my maybe a bit simplified method, but... No, but that's good advice. I like the good advice because I think that um, many SEOs are guilty of, and I can understand this, you know, because I've and from a background of SEO in SEO as well, um, of perhaps majoring on um, issues that perhaps doesn't have an impact on the bottom line. And um, you know, whether something's an issue or not, if it isn't that important when it comes to actually delivering value to your client, delivering rankings, delivering traffic, delivering um, conversions, then forget about it and actually focus on something that makes the difference. Uh, so you're... Number two way of going the extra mile is focusing on content creation. What do you mean by this? This is slightly uh, is, is connected to, to keyword research as well. So when you create new content, go the extra mile by uh, creating something that's more in depth. Don't just summarize what's already in top 10 but uh, create something new, add your own commentary, your own unique insights, maybe your own research results, some your own conclusions, your own experience, because this is something that will be interesting to people. Of course, you have to keep uh, search intent in mind. You cannot like just create something totally different and because probably you won't be ranking for that if you don't satisfy the, the intent uh, for that query but you still can do it way better than than the rest of 10 uh, than the 10 top sites do, do do that so spend more time maybe on creating those articles but do them in a better way and number 3 uh, third way of going the extra mile content audits so yeah that's seo audits that's my uh, kind of area area of expertise so don't rely on just like uh, the tools telling you what to do, what, 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 what mistakes a site has, what issues the site has. You should follow your own lead, your own template. You should have your own list of things you check when you, when you, when you do an audit. And you should be applying always your common SEO uh, sense, your SEO uh, experience when doing an SEO audit. Add a quick wins section to your audit, even though you are supposed to audit the site and find the uh, find the mistakes, the the issues. You may add quick wins wins section and list ten things that can be improved quite easily, easily and which can uh, bring relatively quick effects. And usually, 
This will make your uh, SEO audit way more powerful and you will be able to provide sometimes the results within weeks, not within months or even years, depending on, on the case. So what's an example of a quick win that you've picked up that hasn't really necessarily been picked up by a traditional SEO audit? So for example, I usually like to uh, look for sites, analyze the sites that already rank relatively well. And I like to offer some further optimizations uh, for those sites, for example, through internal linking or through on-page optimizations. So I always check what's uh, how the site ranks in in uh, Google Search Console, Ahrefs, SEMrush, all those tools. So I check the rankings and if the site is, for example, on position five, uh, the page is on position five for some query, I analyze this page and, for example, suggest that maybe with those few small optimizations we can move the site to position three or one. Or another thing I like to do is I check what pages have the best backlinks. And on those pages I like to add internal links to pages which we want to help move move higher up. So. Usually this is not a standard thing you do as part of audit, especially technical SEO audit, but I like to add this, add this as a bonus. That's great. That's great because um, I think um, coming up with an internal link strategy seems to lie between technical SEO and um, kind of SEO content strategy. And I think pure content-focused um, people probably don't think that much about internal linking. So I guess it's something that could be missed. Yes, exactly. From my experience, yes, practically every site I audit always has something uh, to be improved in that regard. And the fourth way of going the extra mile is to focus on technical SEO. Yes, is to go an extra mile with technical SEO. And here, uh, the example of that would be uh, JavaScript SEO. So. Usually, uh, what we often do is we simply check the site in uh, we check the site we do mobile friendly test and in the mobile friendly test or in GSC live test depending if you have access to to the site you see the screen the screenshot of the of the homepage or of the page you are checking now recently you can also move uh, you can scroll a bit you can see more of that what what Google is seeing uh, how the rendered uh, the rendered uh, page look, looks but i recommend uh, going an extra mile by for example uh, crawling the site with two uh, crawlers like for example screaming frog and sitebulb executing javascript on both uh, so that you can, because if, if we are talking about a, a huge site, for example, e-commerce site that has thousands of tens of thousands of pages, it may be tricky for you to do this uh, manually. So if you render JavaScript on all pages, uh, the, the tool will help you compare uh, what links are, for example, added with JavaScript, if there are some important content differences, if some content is not visible, it will be way easier for you to uh, to prepare like sidewide analysis of what's actually going on in terms of JavaScript SEO, whether it's like whether the content is the same, the links are the same, or if there are cha changes, if these changes really can impact your SEO bottom line. So you talked about crawling with both Screaming Frog and Sitebulb. Um, 
What specifically are you looking for that's different between the two different crawlers? And isn't there a potential negative there about actually um, not knowing which information to trust if you're using too many different tools? Hmm, that's a good. That's a good question. So I I like using uh, two tools because each tool works a bit differently, shows a bit different results, and kind of I listen to my own. Uh, lead my own checklist of gotcha. things I want to check and I simply analyze the results and 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 kind of I check the things I want to check by looking at the results it is not the tool that is telling me that this is the problem for example when it comes to javascript seo I check uh, canonical links whether they are they are changed or I check internal linking or links in, in navigation so I know what I want to check and I simply use the results provided by those tools and and kind of uh, follow my own templates I've created for myself and, and I keep updating. Superb. Okay, well, you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive, something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023. Regarding SEO audits, I think uh, SEOs, especially uh, less experienced SEOs, I think they are prone to doing that, is you shouldn't rely on automate, automated uh, audits. For example, uh, Sitebulb, uh, practically any tool can generate a very long uh, automated SEO audit that, for example, has 90 pages with explanations, everything, and it is tempting. You just hit generate, export, and you have like great audit that was created in 30 seconds. But don't do that because usually what you what you have there is has nothing to do with how the, this audit should really look because you, only you as an SEO with your experience can uh, decide whether a specific issue marked by the tool as issue is really an issue because you know the context of the site, you know the scope of the site, you know the purpose of the site, the challenges the site is facing, and no tool knows that. So don't don't do that. Use your SEO brain to to create uh, to create SEO audits and add your own commentary that's really tailored to the site and uses the examples from the site, no general vague examples that this is a mistake, fix it. If you want them to fix it, show how it should be fixed. So you mentioned that you often come up with your own templates for conducting an SEO audit. Um, do you actually design a bespoke template for each site based upon what the issues are likely to be, what their CMS is, uh, what the likely um, desired out outcomes are likely to be? No, I have like my own universal uh, template, which is currently, I think, 250 items has. And sometimes some items won't apply to a specific site, so I simply remove them. But it probably has everything from technical SEO to content analysis to even Google questions about uh, core updates to EAT. Everything is there and depending on what type of audit the client buys, I adjust that template. Olga Zartechna is an SEO consultant and CEO at SEO Sly and you can find her over at seosly.com. Olga, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you. It was a pure pleasure to be here again. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, 
over at seo in2023.com.